what you're going to do, what you're going to do when the recession comes, lead conversion, convert more leads. That's what we are talking about today on Inside Reproductive Health, converting more new patient inquiries. And the reason I'm tying that into a recession theme as well, whether it comes or not, it's still good practice. It's going to benefit you whether the economy never takes a downturn. But if it does, and everybody's standing with their hands in their pockets going, oh, shucks. So I guess we can't do anything. People just aren't out there spending money. There's always something to be done. There's always something to be done on the four phases of the patient journey at the different points on each of the four phases. And when times are leaner, I typically start to the right of the journey and then work my way left. When then times are really good, I want to invest in those things on the left side of the patient journey, like things considering your brand. So for all of you saying, oh, we're slammed with new patients, you know, we're busy as can be, maybe it'll be like that forever. Who knows? If it isn't, what are you doing with some of that profit right now? Are you taking it all home, buying a Bentley? Are you wasting it? Or are you investing some of it back into the practice to improve life for staff, to improve things for patients? It's up to you. It's your practice, your career. I want to give you something that you can do now that you can work on to improve the practice that will yield benefits for you right now when times are really good. And then they certainly will when times are leaner. And that's to do with lead conversion. So you've heard me say on the show before that marketing throws the ball, the practice has to catch it. My friend Rita Gruber from MedTech says that she's absolutely right, but I know that you don't care about the catching. You don't care who's throwing the ball. You don't care if Tom Brady's throwing the ball, if you can't catch it. That's why we've moved so far up the patient journey as a firm to make this handoff to operations as smooth as possible. And you are being led new patient inquiries from digital marketing, from physician referrals. And then what happens? That's when people move to the second phase of the fertility patient marketing journey, which is new patient increase to initial consult. And just because somebody's submitted a form or called your clinic doesn't mean that they actually book that appointment. So this is how we fix it. You might use the term inquiry instead of lead. They mean the same thing. So we don't often use sales and marketing terms in patient care. And sometimes that's because you want to be respectful of this is patient care that you're dealing with, that you really want to make sure that you're respectful of, of the emotions that go in. And, and this isn't just a, an elective purchase for people. And, and I respect that choice. I also want to make sure that we are addressing it for what it is, that e while patients have a bill of rights as a patient, they also have expectations as clients in a, in a free marketplace. And so the way in which your staff responds to these first interactions also determines that conversion to, and it determines your, the conversion to initial consult, but it also sets the first impressions. And if you don't have the right processes and the properly trained people, you lose patients even before they schedule. And it's not just getting them in the door. It's those positive and negative experience start at the very first point of contact either a phone call or the response they get or don't get on the web and expectations and report are built from the very beginning. We think that as many as 20% of negative fertility center reviews come from people who haven't yet had a consult. 
And patient dissatisfaction is often a result of unmet expectations that weren't set early in the process or some other kind of expectation was set or not corrected. And then it becomes a challenge when that person is in the treatment phase and they're less trustful or less satisfied with the staff from these seeds that were planted or not in the beginning. You've got two key performance indicators that measure this. It's your total number of new patient appointments and then your, the lead conversion percentage itself. So lead conversion percentage is calculated by new patient appointments divided by your total lead. So somebody has to be accountable for those KPIs. That's what determines your, your lead conversion, your new patient inquiry conversion. At least half of your leads should be converted to appointments. If it's less than that, you got to analyze and revise something. The system to increase that percentage is first, dedicate a new patient line. Second, have a specialized new patient scheduling team. Three, unify scheduling across offices and providers. Four, answer the gosh darn phone. Five, offer the appointment. Six, book shortest wait lists. Seven, respond to voicemails and web forms within a specified time period. Eight, record lead interaction. Nine, clearly identify the next steps. Dedicate a new patient line and form. New patients and, and that is to say prospective patients and current patients have very different needs. Having a phone line is good for a number of reasons. Inquiry conversion is just one of them. It is good to separate the two populations of people that you're serving. You're, you're serving multiple populations, but you've got some that are that are just starting off and other people that are calling you back for things. Having a separate line allows you to better serve both patient types. Second, specialized new patient scheduling team. That means make sure that that team, that person is, is specialized. Multitasking is bad to lead conversion and patient satisfaction. It causes frustration when a front desk person has to Schedule a new patient call, we'll fetch a medical director, check in on a consult all at the same time. A dedicated role also decreases voicemails, unanswered phone calls, and hangups. It reduces the time required for your staff to play phone tag and increases new appointments booked. A couple months ago, I did an episode with Steve Rooks that had to do with Engaged MD, and I got so many emails from people saying, oh, we use Engaged MD. We love Engaged MD and might end up having those people on the show too. But if you're a practice that doesn't use Engaged MD, you're now in the minority of practices. And why do people keep saying this to me? Why did Engaged MD become Inside Reproductive Health's first sponsor after three plus years of being a podcast in this field? Why did I hold out for Engaged MD to be the first sponsor because they're the only ones that I've only heard good things about. And I'd swear somebody must have bad things to say about them. And I keep saying, email me if you do. I haven't gotten that yet. All I hear from people is how it's reduced the workload for their nurses, how their patients are better informed, how the rapport between the nurses and the staff and the providers is better with the patients because they've been educated. And then that time gets to be tailor fit, customized for that individual patient, how they have true informed consent and not just signing a stack of papers, but they understand what's being given to them and it's accounted for and office staff doesn't have to track all that down. This is why I keep hearing overwhelmingly positive things 
about Engaged MD. So if you want to join the ranks of these very happy people, you can go to engagedmd.com slash IRH. You don't have to, you can keep adding more work for your staff if you want. You can keep having more exposed risk and less informed consent if you want. But if you want what is described to me as somebody who's a third party as the biggest upside for your practice, I recommend going to engagedmd.com slash IRH. If you want to stick it to me, you don't have to tell them that I sent you, but it does help the show. And it does also get you a 25% off your implementation fee, engagedmd.com slash IRH. Three, unify scheduling across offices and providers when prospective patients have to be transferred or yet worse, they have to hang up and call another office. They often do call another office at another fertility center. Your new patient call center is responsible for booking every office equally based on availability without preference to an assigned office or doctor. That's its own topic. And if you want to talk more about that, let me know. We can talk more about that. Four, answer the phone. Missed calls are a great source of new patient appointments for another fertility center. They're also as good for your patient's experience as your cable company's phone tree is for you. You hate it when you have to call and get put on a phone tree. So do they. Make a plan to hire the adequate number of staff and use data to ensure coverage during the busiest days and hours. There's ways of outsourcing this. There are ways of stacking this workload for your team, and there's ways of hiring the right people. So if you need help with that, just reach out. Five, offer the appointment. This is really big. When we listen to our clients' calls, this is almost never happening unless the new patient like explicitly asks for the appointment. But there's many questions that the new patient has, the prospective patient has, that really can only be answered at a consult. And it's much better just to get them in and, and get them into the process than try to have them figure out stuff on their own or give them answers that aren't right for their context. So when a prospective patient calls with questions, most staff members answer the question at face value. They go no further. We find this every time we audit a, a call center. In order to increase conversion, mandate that your staff ask for the appointment. So they're just offering the appointment at least once with every prospective patient regardless of, of what questions they're asking, consistently offering and asking for the appointment makes an immediate impact on this KPI. It costs $0 other than what you have to train your team for, and it can be implemented today. Six book, the shortest wait list. The longer the wait, the higher the risk of appointments, cancellations, no-shows. In a multi-physician group where your wait list is longer than four weeks, it's the role of the call center to suggest a doctor with a shorter wait list. And sometimes this can be complicated. Sometimes people have a loose referral or recommendation. They're very open. Other times they're part of a community or really have a relationship with someone who really has a relationship with the provider. And so there's a delicate way of being able to do this. Your call center needs to be trained to do this properly, but they won't offer those earlier slots with a different physician without your blessing. Some doctors cringe at this idea. We've had clients that cringe at this idea and then come around to it later. But at the end of the day, it, people sometimes feel like oh, this was my referral and my patient. If you're open to ways of 
of expanding that and still making the patient extremely satisfied, still making the referring doctor extremely satisfied. If there's a referring provider behind that referral, then it, it can be done, but it does, it starts with you. And so you have to let your staff know that it's okay. And the most important part is that your patient is, is the clinic's patient that they stay in the clinic's ecosystem. And for those of you that are adding new docs or you have some that are less busy than others, this is the quickest way you want to send them out doing referrals and doing lunches and dropping off bagels. That's fine. That could be part of a referral provider strategy, but using some of the busiest docs wait list as the Tinder for the fire of the new docs can be a great way to help them build their practice. It's you providing tremendous value. Some people are still in that old school mentality of, I had to go do it. I had to go build up my own relationships and build my own practice and they should too. And that's fine. But if you're also the owner of the practice, don't you want to think like the owner of the practice, that this is an associate that is part of the production of your practice and the number of people that you're able to serve because of the enterprise that you're running, you are able to help more people get pregnant, more people get answers, and you're going to do better financially, then that choice is yours. If you want to be a single provider and think like that, or if you want to be a practice owner and think like that. Seven is respond to all voicemails and digital inquiries. Avoid being nailed by a negative review that comes from people who've never, ever seen you for a consultation. I think it's BS. I think it's unfair. It happens a lot. People will say, I didn't even get a hold of that person or they never got back to me. And so it's like, okay, so you're leaving a negative review and tarnishing this provider's reputation online and you never even saw the provider. It does happen. The sooner you respond, the better but you must be able to exceed the expectations. The expectation is actually more important than the speed. Speed is important, but it is far better for the perception of the prospective patient when you say, you will hear back from us in 72 hours and you get back to them in 48, then you'll hear back from us in 24 hours and you get back to them in 36. So always follow up more than once, but the cadence of lead nurturing is a whole another topic. And if you want to talk about that offline, get a hold of me. Eight, record lead interaction. Document your interactions in a CRM. That's customer relationship management software. Using this data will help you identify drop-off, automate follow-up, nurture prospective patients with helpful information. Nine, clearly identify next steps. Before ending the interaction, your new patient team should set three clear expectations about what happens between now and the appointment. That's what kind of correspondence they're going to be getting for the welcome sequence, what they're going to get from the patient portal and, and the medical records that they need to have, and then the appointment time, the correct patient info, and, and getting the patient to acknowledge the next steps. All of these things are part of a system. Of course, they're all easier said than done, but we've given you an actionable process for converting new patient inquiries to new consults. We didn't talk a lot about what your team needs to deliver concierge service. How your team responds to these is likely even more important than when they do it. And so if you'd like our help with lead conversion, with new patient appointments, or simply patient and staff satisfaction, 
using methods like these, we can do that in a goal and competitive diagnostic. It's only $597. And whether you do this now or whether you do this when a recession comes doesn't really matter to me, but this is something that really helps when times are leaner. It's something that you can always affect. There is not a finite number of people who get treatment or don't. There is a flexible number. There are always people on the fence, on the fence about if they're going to make a move now or later, if they're going to make a move now or ever to actually seek treatment and or seek help and get that help from you. And then there are people that are on the fence, whether they go to you or somebody else. And so all of the things by identifying each of the points on the patient journey, are friction points that can be greased and can be nurtured so that patients follow more smoothly. Right now, many of you don't need it for getting new patients in the door. Some of you do, but whether you need it for getting new patients in the door or not, it still helps patient satisfaction and it will help if and when times get leaner, yeah, you can invest in it then. You can wait till the problem gets worse, or you can do it now. It's up to you. If you'd like our help, you can go to fertilitybridge.com, fertilitybridge.com, sign up for the goal diagnostic. It's only $597, and we can tackle issues like this. And I also promise to get you more free content, like all of this content is free, on related topics in the coming months. Cheers.